Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. We have been learning about taking our authority And last week, I shared something that God really put in me, and that is that our mind is the greatest enemy that we have to operate in, in the authority that God gave us. Our mind blocks us from operating in our authority. Because we look for things when we're hearing God, if our authority comes from hearing God and obeying Him, and we look for things to make sense to our mind. But the ways of God don't always make sense to our mind. Amen? We lean on our own knowledge, but in my own knowledge, I don't have very much authority. I don't have any authority really in my own knowledge, but even if I'm kind of puffed up in myself, I still recognize I don't have a whole lot of, uh, of authority when it comes to spiritual things. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, is where we're going to start. Hallelujah. And when he was entered into the ship, that was Jesus, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep and his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? And then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm after that. I'm thankful for our spiritual authority. I'm thankful for our pastor. But Jesus had trained his disciples by this point to be able to operate something on their own. In Hebrews it says, why are we still going back to the baby stuff over and over and over again? By this point you should be teaching, you should be healing the sick, you should be doing something. Besides, a storm comes up in front of you and you come and you cry for some help. And as I was reading it, I recognized what Jesus was trying to teach him. I, I love, y'all, I identify with so many of these disciples because you see that Jesus tried to teach them the same lessons over and over and over again. And then he would get real frustrated that they didn't understand him until much later on. And so he's tr steady trying to teach them how, how much authority that they have. He's steady trying to teach them who they are in him. And he gets up. Because he's taking a nap. Because he ain't worried about the calm. Because God already spoke to him about where he was going. He had authority over the whole situation. And he told the disciples, come get in the boat and take me there. So they had authority over the whole situation. And so they wake him up and they say, Lord, save us. We're going to perish. And he said unto them, why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? So I, as I was reading that, I began to see there's a link 
between authority and faith that has to be present, or I can't operate in faith and I can't operate in authority. There's something that goes between the two there because Jesus, you can tell, Jesus expected. I'm reading between the lines, which is my favorite thing to do. He expected them to handle the storm because he got up and rebuked them and said, Why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? And then he took authority over the storm and said, Peace be still, and there was calm. He expected the disciples to be able to operate in the same authority that he operated in. Amen? That was his expectation. Hallelujah. So why don't we, why don't the disciples, why don't we as disciples of Jesus operate in our authority? One of the things I see is that we confuse meekness and submission with being timid sometimes. And there's a difference between being meek and being submissive and being under authority and being timid. And the devil lies to us and tells us to be timid when what we're supposed to be is submissive and take our authority in our submission. And we're fixing to learn what that means. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is calling the people to follow him. And he's and another also said unto him in verse 61, sorry, Luke 9:61. One man said unto him, I will follow thee, but let me go first to bid my family farewell which are at my house. And Jesus said unto them, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. That's a harsh statement. He wouldn't even let him go say goodbye, but he's teaching us something about what it means to follow God. Because the very next thing he did, it goes into chapter 10, but you know the chapters were just put in after the fact. This was just all one big thing. The very next thing Jesus does is he calls together all of the disciples and he imparts into them authority. Authority to go out, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cast out devils, to take up serpents, to drink deadly poison and not be harmed. He imparts into them all the authority that God has given him. That's what comes the very next thing. So he's saying, hallelujah. He's saying, you may think that you're not quite ready. You may think that the circumstance and situation is too difficult, but... If once you've put your hand to the plow, you can't turn back. We can't turn back. We take our authority. And so the very next thing he did was impart authority into the people who did not turn back and who kept on going. Amen. Hallelujah. In Matthew chapter 8, we're going to look at that really quickly. We've, we've discussed this verse, these verses, several times as we've been talking about authority. As the centurion, in verse 5, Jesus had entered into Caper- Capernaum. 
And there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to one, say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, I've not found anyone with so great faith in Israel. The centurion taught us what authority is. First of all, what we have to understand about authority, because we don't, I don't think we really understand submission, which means that we really don't understand authority. We think that if I can operate in power, then I'm operating in authority. But I, I can operate in some kind of power, but not be under authority. But I can't operate in authority and not operate in power at the same time. For instance, if I decide that you're going to give me $100, I can hold a gun to your head and rob you and take your $100. I've operated in some power, but I'm not operating in authority because there's a greater authority that's going to come find me and take your $100 back and put me in jail. There's a greater authority. That is the authority. Now, those men who wear badges, they operate under authority, and so they have authority. If I don't operate under authority, I have no authority. And so when we go about our life and we try to do our own thing and we try to make our own way and then we wonder why things don't work out, I don't have authority over the enemy that's coming to attack me if I am not under an authority because authority always comes from something greater than me. I don't have authority in myself. Amen? The policeman doesn't have authority in himself because he straps a gun on him and decides to go fight the bad guys. He, that's not why he has authority. He was given authority by the state, by the city, by the county, wherever he's serving underneath. He was given authority. And so we, as citizens, recognize their authority. I know their authority when they walk into the room. I love to see Brother Johnny when he comes in sometimes when he's on duty and he's in his uniform back there. You can actually feel authority walk into the room. Amen? You feel the authority that walks in. I don't question if, the, if I see the blue lights behind me, which thankfully has not happened very many times. But when I see the blue lights behind me, I don't decide, is this somebody that I need, do I, I don't know, I feel like I'm doing right, I feel like I'm driving the right speed limit, I'm just going to keep on going because I don't, rec no, I recognize the authority of those blue lights flipping around behind me, and I do whatever he says, I don't speak until I'm spoken to, I say yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, what, I don't even, I know he wants my license and registration, but I don't get it until he asks for it because I am 100% submitted to that authority when they walk up, I don't talk back. They like you better that way. <laughs> Amen. Things go well with you when you submit to authority. Amen. 
So I recognize his authority, but I also recognize that it's not a man pulling me over because I don't have to, I don't have to bow down to a man. It's the state of Arkansas pulling me over. I can't do nothing with the whole state of Arkansas. I'm, I'm a citizen. I have to obey. Amen? We can have power. And so the centurion teaches us. He says, first of all, I'm a man under authority. I am under authority. And so, because I'm under authority, I can say to this man who has been put under me, go, and he will go, come, and he will come, do this, and he will do it. And so, he's saying, I perceive in you, Jesus, that you are also a man, not of authority only, but under authority. And because I can perceive that you are a man under authority, then I know because I know authority. I know that you're a man of authority. And so it's the same way, hallelujah, it's the same way when the enemy comes against us. It's the same way. Same thing. When the enemy comes against us, he can perceive is Sister Julie, a woman who is under authority, is there another authority besides whatever she decides to say come out of her mouth that I'm going to have to deal with if I mess with her? Because if there is, I better think twice before I mess with her. I better bring some friends with me if I'm going to do anything with her because I can't take her on myself because Lord knows all of she's going to come to prayer and all of Freedom Ministries, her covering, her authority, everybody's going to be backing her up. I better not mess with her. And if I mess with her family, I'm going to find my wife, myself on the way out of them too because we know we know how to come to prayer and operate in our authority and under our authority and have the devil leave us alone. Amen? But if I'm not under authority, then what power am I saying get out to the devil in? Maybe I got a little bit of Jesus living on the inside of me, but I am in rebellion. I'm not submitted. I don't have a covering. If I don't have a covering, then who will cover me? So when we can understand authority, when we can understand submission, that it's not about being under and being beneath, it's about being covered. Because then I am under authority, and then I have authority because I am given authority. Hallelujah. I've, if, you, if you've been in this ministry very long, you've been coming to the prayer, you can't help but get the mantle of deliverance on you. You're going to be out with your family. You're going to be talking to somebody, and you're going to think before you even realize it. Well, you know, if the same thing keeps happening to you all the time, then we probably have had a judgment. Let me teach you about a judgment, and we can tell that thing to come out. Because I'm under a covering, and my covering says 100% victory 100% of the time. This is what a bitter root judgment is, and this is how to get it out. My covering imparted that into me, and so I can take it. Now, I can't take it away from my covering because then I'm out of order. But I'm under my covering. And, and so what's on the head flows all the way down through me into whatever I am doing. Hallelujah. So there's a spirit that comes and sits on us sometimes. We see it in the, in the disciples, and we see it, the difference in it between that centurion who understood who 
Jesus was, what authority he was under, and what authority he had. <coughs> and it's a timid spirit. Let me read to you the definition of what timid means. Hallelujah. It means showing a lack of courage or confidence and easily frightened. Meek, we put them together a lot of times, so that's why we get confused. Meek means gentle and calm. It doesn't mean afraid. It doesn't mean underneath. It doesn't mean no confidence. You can be full of confidence and be meek. But the problem is that when we don't know what authority we're under and we don't know what authority we have, then I don't have any confidence because what could I possibly have confidence in besides myself? And I know myself enough to know I don't have any confidence in me. I know me. Me got me into this mess to begin with. The only confidence I have in myself is that I'm going to get myself further into a mess Unless something else comes along that I can have some confidence in and do something with. Amen? Hallelujah. God is not timid. Timid is not a godly spirit. But we take that in. We're not even taught that really. I don't know where. But we take that into ourselves as, okay, I'm confronted with something. Oh, well, I don't know what to do, but I know pastor knows what to do. I'm going to call pastor. No. I know what to do. We talked about it last week. If you weren't here, the message is on the podcast. Get it. it and it's, the message is, I hear from God because the Bible tells me I hear from God. And when I hear from God and I know what God says, I, all, I can do what he says. So a different spirit comes and sits on us that makes us timid. Makes us want to just roll over makes us want to not have any confidence in who I am and the authority that God has put inside of me. We hear it a lot of times when we get, uh, I want you to lead this prayer on the prayer line. Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, Jesus, I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. Don't we do that, y'all? We do that. What are we scared of? Because I have two things in my favor. One is, my authority told me to do it. And so I have the all authority to do it because it was imparted into me when it was assigned to me by my authority who heard God. And second, I know I hear God too. And so I know that I can do it. So what, what else is it when there's, a, when there's a different spirit that comes and makes me want to shrink? that makes me want to draw back, that makes me want to be afraid. That's why Jesus said to that man, right before, he, right before he imparted authority, he said, if you're going to draw back from me, if you put your hand to the plow and you draw back, you're not fit for the kingdom. Mm-mm. If you draw back when God's called you to something, that's not being fit for the kingdom. It's being timid. In Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 35, he tells us, and, he's gonna, and we're going to see something awesome right here. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. If we skip down into verse 38 and 39. Now the just 
shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. So when we shrink back, what are we shrinking back to? Sin, perdition. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now I'm going to go right into the next chapter, chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith, because he says, the just shall live by faith. But if you're living by faith, you're not somebody who's drawing back. He says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which were, are seen were not made of things which do appear. Okay. He says, if you have faith, you don't draw back. Because if you have faith, this is what faith is. It's discerning that what the whole world and everything in it was framed by one thing. The Word. The spoken Word of God. Amen? So, if I have faith, I can discern that the Word is established by authority in God and that it is and that through that word I can take authority in faith if you skip down into verse 13 and 14 of chapter 11 it says he goes on and he talks about all of the men and women of faith the heroes of faith in the Bible and then in verse 13 he says these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Now, he says two things here. He says, they that say, I may need some music to back me up. They that say, they, let's say that together. They that say, they that say such things, they are already declaring plainly what they've seen in their spirit. The country, the vision, the, the purpose, the thing that they're going after. They that say such things, so they're speaking it out loud. And he says, they that say such things, those who speak, we're not mindful anymore of what we want to draw back or turn to. Even when we haven't received our promises. So these people, they had a vision in front of them. And they spoke that vision of what God said is going to happen in Israel. What God said he's going to use me for. What God, the purpose that God put inside of me. I spoke it. I took authority with it because God put it in me. And I began to put it in my mouth. And I said it, and I said it, and I said it. They that say such things declare plainly. And so I declare plainly what I God has put in my spirit. And then he says, after what I'm declaring plainly, hallelujah, that I'm now persuaded. Hallelujah, Jesus, my God. I am, even when I see it afar off, 
I can see what God has called me to. I can see the life that God has called me to. I can see that he's called me out of sin. I don't know how to get my sin taken care of today. I don't know how to get the temptation taken care of today. But I see that he's called me out of sin. And so I'm going to put that word in my mouth. God has called me out of sin. And the more I say it, the more they said it, the more they caused it to come to pass until they were persuaded and they embraced the promises of God and they confessed that we're not, we don't even belong here. God's taken me somewhere else. And in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, when we can see who God has called us to be, the authority that God has put inside of me to overcome every temptation, to overcome every sin, it's already present within me. And I begin to speak that word. I am not under sin. I am under the authority of God. I'm not under condemnation. I'm under the authority of God. I don't give in to sexual immorality. I'm under the authority of God. I don't give into addiction to drugs and alcohol I'm under the authority of God and the more I put that in my mouth the more I have myself persuaded hallelujah the more I myself embrace the reality that God's already called real God already called it real hallelujah the mind cannot do that so when I speak under authority, then I have faith. And the faith is what makes the thing happen. What am I after? I'm after my children saved. I'm after being set free so that I don't feel pulled to go out and do drugs every Friday night because there's nothing else to do. I'm after whatever I'm after. I'm after a financial breakthrough. I pray and I get that word from God. And I don't let go of the word. I put the word in my mouth. I speak it because I am under authority. Because I heard God and I have authority in that word. Then I begin to speak it. I begin to speak it. And I speak it. And I speak it under the anointing. Under authority. And knowing I may not even see it with my own eyes. I may it only see it afar off. But knowing that in me there is something with some authority. And I just keep on saying it. Until I have become persuaded, changed, of a changed mind is what persuaded means. Until I have become persuaded, until I have embraced the reality of it. Amen. Amen. And then I even confess, I know I don't even belong here. What am I sitting in? I don't belong here anymore. I've said it until I believe it so much that I can look around at my circumstances and think, No. I don't belong in this anymore. And then I get up and walk out. Amen. I get up and I walk out. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we struggle to take authority in our own lives. We, we draw back. How many of you have ever gotten a word from God? You know that God did something in you. And but when it came time to start confessing that over and over, you felt something in you draw back just a little bit. Like, I don't because I don't know if it's done yet. I don't know. That's not the Spirit of God saying, don't confess that because we don't know if it's done yet. No, the Spirit of God already spoke. He's not, he's not going to, he don't have to come back and speak again. The only thing I have to do is take what he spoke to me and say it out of my own mouth until it comes to pass. That's why when we come to prayer, we say, open up your mouth. 
That's why we put that in the te- teenagers. Don't we put that in you every week? We, we don't let you sit there and be quiet. We say, open up your mouth. Because there's no power in this. There's no power in that. Religious people do that, but it don't work for the religious folks. I see a word for all the folks who open up their mouth, though, and say, I heard a word from God. He said, I am set free and delivered. I am set free and delivered. Hallelujah. Tomorrow morning, I'm getting up and saying I'm set free and delivered. I may do something different than deliver between now and tomorrow morning, but I'm going to say I'm set free and delivered until I'm not doing anything different than what God spoke to me. Until I have become persuaded and embraced the reality that God spoke to me. Hallelujah. That I'm healed. That I am free of debt. That I am prosperous. That I'm healthy that I'm free of addiction, that I'm free of torment, that I'm free of shame, that I'm free of guilt, that I'm free of condemnation. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, we do that because we get all in our mind with it. We, we have a wonderful experience and we leave and then we try to work it out in our mind. And we didn't get it in our minds, so we can't work it out in our mind. Romans chapter 8 says... Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Our mind just simply can't do it. It can't do it. No matter how much we try to work it out, we have to do it in the spirit. When the spirit speaks, I open up my mouth and I say whatever God put in me. I say it for years if I have to. I say it. I speak it. Some of these folks then in, he, in Hebrews 11 that were, that were the heroes of the faith, they died not seeing the promises of God come to pass, but they spoke the promise of God every day. Do you know that if they didn't speak the promise of God, because this is how authority works, if they didn't speak the promises of God, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be reading about them in the Bible because there wouldn't have been an Israel in the Bible to read about. God put it in them, and they spoke, and they operated in authority. When they left and went over to Egypt, they knew they was coming back. They knew they were coming back. They spoke it for 400 years. They spoke it. They told it to their children, to their children's children. For 400 years, they kept on speaking the Word of God. He, my deliverer is coming. My deliverer is coming. Hallelujah. God left us with a promise when he took us out of the promised land and brought us into Egypt. My deliverer is coming. Hallelujah. My deliverer is coming. I got old. I tell my kids, our deliverer is coming. Don't ever give up on it. Don't ever give up on it. Your deliverer is coming. Your deliverer is coming. I'm going to keep speaking it until one day they were still saying it, but they didn't even believe it anymore because they didn't want to follow Moses. But it happened, whether they even believed it or not, because they spoke it out of their mouth. They sang songs about it, that my deliverer is coming. Hallelujah. And he came. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And here's what I saw. If we don't take authority over our own life, if I don't take the authority over myself to be the person 
that God has put in me. We all have a vision of who we are when we are like fully mature and spiritual. If I don't take the authority to be that, to put that into my mouth, who I am in God, who he's called me to be, the anointing that he has placed on me, the things that he has called me out of and the things that he has called me into. If I don't take the authority of our own life, then we are going to be one of those who all we ever do is talk about prayer. All we ever do is talk about revival. All we ever do is talk about the move of God, the things of God, but we don't ever actually experience it. Now, people experience it all around us. We won't ever figure out why, but it's because I don't take authority over my own life. When we're under authority, we have authority. And when I have authority, I hear God, and I can speak the word, and I can say the word until it comes to pass. Because the Bible says hearing comes, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the, the word. Where did the word come from? It came from authority. It came from authority. And so when I hear God, and I'm under my authority, and I speak the word. The devil can't do anything with that. Amen? So there's a timid spirit that comes and sits on us. When instead of speaking that word, we decide to sit back and say, well, I'm just, maybe I'll just give my testimony once it's done. I don't really know. I don't really know what God is doing. Maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just wait. I'll just wait and see what Pastor says. Maybe, maybe Pastor asked me to do something, and then I'll know that God really spoke to me. Maybe I'm just going to wait and see what goes on. And we get in this spirit of being afraid to move and waiting, <coughs> and we don't operate in authority in that. That's not submission to authority. It's a spirit. We lie to ourselves and we say, oh, well, I'm, going, I'm just going to ask pastor about this. It's good to ask pastor about things. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, rise up. Hear God. Put the word in your mouth and take authority. Because just Jesus was frustrated with his disciples when they wouldn't take authority over the storm. He said, didn't I already, I already gave you all my authority. I already gave it to you. You're already operating under authority, so you have authority. I already gave it to you. I already told you where we're going. I already told you we're going to get there. And you know me, I am Jesus. I'm going to get there. How many things have you seen me do already? Tell me you're hungry and I produce food for 15,000 people. I am Jesus. I said go. I said I'm going, and I got in the boat. You better know the boat's going to get there. I remember the very first time my, um, my mother rode on a plane. She was afraid my entire life to ride on a plane. The, she took comfort in only one thing, and it's the only reason she got on the plane. It was because Pastor Pinson was on that plane, and she knew that she had heard from God that she was going to get on that plane and go where she was going, and so that plane wasn't crashing. Every other plane in America may crash. But she was going to land, and she was going to be in perfect health when she got there. Amen. There was, she knew there wasn't anything that was going to happen. But that's what authority does. I remember at a more Cyrilla convention one time, we used to, um, pastor used to let some of us come in to help save some seats for people up close to the front. I don't know if they still do that anymore. But um, I remember she, she took in me and Michelle. Um, down like a back hallway and uh, and walk through the front door 
and went, we went and saved us some seats on like the third row. Now, we walked right in with her. And then the next day, she said, I'm not going to be able to meet y'all. Y'all just going in and save the seats. Well, we walked through that door. Now, do you think they let us through that time? No, because this is how I walked through the door. Who, who are you and what are you doing back here is what they said, okay? I told her what happened, and she said, no, 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 no. You just got to walk in like you know where you're going. You have a purpose for being back there, and you'll look straight ahead. And so the next day, I opened up the door, and I went. I, I passed security guards. I didn't make eye contact. I knew exactly where I was going. I knew the door I was supposed to go to. I didn't look at them. I didn't give them a chance to ask me what I was doing. I just, I had purpose. I knew exactly what I was doing and where I was going. Didn't one of them stop? They didn't even look twice at me or Michelle. We were, I don't know, we were probably 20 and 15. We were, we were young. We didn't have any business being back there, but we looked like we had some business being back there. And that was all that mattered was just, I just stuck my chest out a little bit like I had some authority. Walked right on in quickly. At work, I learned somebody told me a secret one time. He had gotten promoted faster at a job that I, of, of anybody that I had ever known. He had gotten like three promotions in a year. And I, and I was sitting around talking with him and a few other people, and somebody said, what's your secret? How did you get those promotions? And he said, I'll tell you, here's my secret. And y'all can take this to your jobs too because this is, a, this is a fantastic secret. He said, I never get up and like go talk to somebody and go wander over to the break room, take a little break. I don't, that's not what I do. I, I'll go take a break, and I'll go talk to somebody. But when I stand up from my desk, I have a piece of paper or a folder in my hand. It can be blank. doesn't matter. And I walk really fast to where I'm going. Like I have a purpose for being up. And so my bosses don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to take a break and get a Coke. But they look up at me, and they're like, that guy's a hard worker. I don't ever see him stop. My word, we're going to have to promote him. That was his secret, was looking like he knew what he was doing. He had a purpose. He had a purpose. You know, every one of us have a purpose in God. And so when we shrink back from it in any way, and that like I did going through that door, I had a purpose. I didn't get to fulfill my purpose because I shrunk back some. I was, Are there any security guards? I don't know. I'm a little afraid. But when I knew what I was supposed to be doing, when I looked straight ahead and I just went walking, like, you better be somebody to stop me because I'm go I know where I'm going. I'm going there quickly. I ain't even worried about you. You you should you shouldn't they would have to know before they said something to me whether or not I was even supposed to be back there. When we know our purpose and we put that in our mouth and we speak it and then we just act like I have the authority to complete it because I do have the authority to complete it. The only thing that I, that's wrong is when I shrink back and say, I'm not really sure. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Well, oh, hang on. Let me call. Pastor, I was talking to this person and I thought maybe I should pray for them. What do you think? Should I just pray for them? Should I, should, I, should I witness to this person? I'm not really sure. No, I know that I hear from God. 
And I have, I'm under authority. I am submitted to my authority, and I'm submitted to the mantle over the ministry and over all of us. And in the name of Jesus, when I know what God's called me to do, I don't shrink back from it because he says I don't have any pleasure in those who shrink back. I want God to be pleased with me. And so that means he's actually more pleased with us when I think I may be right, but I stand up and I take authority and I act like I know exactly what I'm doing. On the inside, I may be thinking, I don't know if this is right or not, but in the name of Jesus, get off. In the name of Jesus, get back. In the name of Jesus, I'm taking my authority and I'm telling you, devil, to get off my money, get off my finances, get out of the Sunday school class, get out of my cell group. I may be seeing it afar off, but I can act like it's right here today. Amen. It may be drug addiction. I can act like my whole deliverance is far far off, but I'm going to act like... I'm mad like I'm 100% delivered today. My friends come around offering me something and, and I feel tempted. No, I may feel all kinds of tempted, but the truth is what God put in me. And that is, no, 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 no. I've already overcome. In my soul, I'm feeling everything. But no, what comes out of my mouth is you don't understand who you're dealing with. I've already overcome this. I'm already delivered from it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossit.com.